Hey, big boxers. Welcome to On the Shelf, a program that is dedicated to helping you get your products into a major big box retailer. Tim here with you. Happy Monday. Thank you for spending your time with us. We appreciate it. No matter what you're doing, where you are, where you're going, I know that you have a lot to do, and we appreciate you taking some time to hang out with us today. Man, countdown to the holidays, right? It's going by like a bullet train for me. I don't know what it's like for you guys, but uh, my daughter keeps saying, "Uh, hey, Dad, you know, 24 days till Christmas. I'm like, what? 24 what? How did that even happen? Where did that even come from? How did it even get here so fast? I don't even know. Every day seems like, one day seems like five days to me. So uh, it's really coming fast. Guys, we have a fantastic show for you today. Louis Lavella. I'm going to say that again, Louis Lavella. I like saying that name, Louis Lavella. We're going to do it one more time. Louis Lavella is here with us, and we're discussing social media. And man, Louis is just coming from a whole different way of thinking about social media and how you connect with people and how you get your message out there. He's from a different industry. He works in the music entertainment festival industry. So great to hear his insights and some of his stories. We just had a fantastic discussion and uh, it was driven into kind of a niche of social media, which I think you guys are going to be super excited about. I myself was very excited. It was a great conversation. And uh, I'm going to look forward to having Louie back on the show again and again to get uh, deeper into some other subjects. But uh, for now, uh, enjoy the conversation. Let's get right into it. Hey, Louie, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. And thanks for everybody around everywhere taking the time out to listen. This is fantastic to be here. Thanks. Yeah, my pl- my pleasure. And I'm uh, super excited to have somebody on the program that has a vastly different background than uh, what we are normally talking to and that can maybe bridge some of what you do into some of what our big boxers are attempting to do. So I'm excited to dive into that and, and get into that a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's 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 crazy. I've done so many podcasts in the last few months and shared my stories from the entertainment industry, music marketing, you know, working with record labels, festivals, concerts, things like that, and just how many times some of those ideas really do bridge over to every single style of, of business niche market. It's it's amazing that you can grab these golden nuggets from everywhere. And it's funny because I've done the same other way around too. I've studied internet marketing and retail marketing and thought, you know, what can I what can I learn from that industry and bring it here? So it, I guess it makes sense. It goes back and forth. Sales in a whole kind of transcends a lot of different industries and people don't think that they're maybe selling, but they really are. And um, you know, whether you're selling records or whether you're selling yourself or whether you're selling products or whether you're selling your social media Everybody is kind of selling in in some way, and uh, and so let's um, let's get in and talk a little bit about that. But before we do, kind of uh, let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and what you've done, and kind of what has got you to where you are. Absolutely, yeah. So, so like I mentioned, I'm in the entertainment industry as a marketing and branding consultant and executive. So, you know, I get hired by venues, either large nightclub venues or festivals, 20, 30,000 person per day festivals, or even record labels to either consult them and give them best practices and kind of overview, fix up their branding and marketing, or actually be hired by all of these kind of people as a, as an executive and run it. 
run their branding, run their actually, you know, do it for them, uh, run their marketing. And I started out when I was about 17, 18 years old in a nightclub. And, uh, you know, that's my part-time job. Everybody has some sort of part-time job when they're in college or late high school, either retail or grocery store or act maybe a bartender if you're old enough. And I jumped in in the, uh, the business end of that entertainment industry. I thought, cool, I'm going to work with a promoter and I am going to, you know, help fill the room. I'm going to get my friends, other people. I'm going to help book the acts, that kind of idea. And it was fascinating, that side of the business. I got to learn the marketing side. And I knew being a nightclub promoter wasn't my career choice. Like it wasn't something I wanted to do forever, but something in that was a lot of fun. And I wanted to expand that to, you know, where I am today, 20 years later. So I, you know, I worked on that. I knew I had to expand my own brand and my own marketing to get out of just the local nightclub promoter guy. And I did that very quickly. I got onto radio and produced my own top 10 music countdowns. Then I got onto television and interviewed the likes of Lady Gaga, Backstreet Boys, Richard Branson, and all that's within that music and entertainment beast. And then when I finished that, I got into the festivals and now speaking engagements and whatnot, uh, consulting some large large brands. And it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, it's been about 20 years and it's no end in sight. And I, and I love what I'm doing right now. I get to work from home and set my own hours and be be quite busy, but have a lot of fun because it's a great industry. Shark infested waters, but a great industry nonetheless. But you know, like you mentioned sales, everything sales, everything, everything from trying to sell a brand to a consumer to make them love, love your brand, your festival, your musician, or for them to buy the music or want to stream it or buy a ticket or even me selling myself to potential clients on, look, this is a social proof I have. This is what I have done. Here's the authority I have built now and a reason why I've done it and succeeded in it and why you should hire me kind of idea. Sales is huge. It's it's biggest part of all business, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think it's, uh, I, I, like I was saying, I think it transcends even business, you know, whether you're, you know, you're trying to, uh, um, you know, sell your babysitter on staying an hour later, whatever it is, you know, you're always trying to pitch something and get something done and advocate for yourself. So I have like a million different questions and probably none of them relate to anything that, uh, you know, that TLB or, or on the shelf does, but I want to ask him anyway. Uh, <laughs> do you like running, you know, like actually getting hired and running the event or consulting better? I, it's a funny question. I, I kind of like both. I really, I have so much experience running events, producing, you know, where do the porta potties go? Who are we going to hire? Let's talk to the agents. Let's get the production crews in here. That's such a fun thing to do, especially in the festivals. And you get a whole year to plan this out. And then you see this massive thing that, uh, that just comes to fruition and everybody's enjoying it. Tens of thousands of people. It's just so cool to be a part of that every, every week, every day, make decisions. You know what I mean? It's, it's very neat. And on the other end, the consulting aspect allows me to work on events around the world because, you know, in certain spots where I can't be at meetings every single week or daily or in an office, I get to consult and work with them and still help them on for, you know, per, for example, for marketing would be the social media aspect or uh, discussing with the designers the right way the brand goes. So they both have great pluses to what I like to do for my business and life design. I love being a direct part of the event because I get to be hands on. And I also can add so many more clients by also offering the consulting piece. And I can work with people in London, England, and all over Canada, the United States, and Australia, things like that. So the answer is both. And that's the reasons why it's both. But it's kind of fun. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, it's great to hear that w whether you're consulting or, or working, either one brings you the same amount of joy. That's uh, rare and super awesome. 
Um, and you might not want to answer this next question, but uh, I'm going to ask it anyway. Festival-wise, there are so many moving parts, I would think, to a festival just from making sure all the wires are plugged in right or whatever. <laughs> Has Can you remember a time when, when things just went wrong? Like it was just wrong? Yeah, every time something goes wrong. <laughs> every time. It's such a, such a massive undertaking. Now, the cool thing is if you have the, the, the straight head on your shoulders and you're, you're calm enough, you can sort of fix and move on. And sometimes you can't fix, but you can adjust enough that the fans are still okay. Um, you know, there's tons of stories. The biggest disasters I've never encountered, whereas, you know, we had to shut down a festival for any reason. Nothing like that, which is great, knock on wood. But I've had other festivals, friends um, that, that run theirs, and, you know, just weather caused problems. Wind. Wind and lightning is usually the major factors in in a shutdown that uh, it happened to them uh, last year, and it, it was very unfortunate for all the fans. Of course, they had refunds on their tickets, but very unfortunate for the organizers too because you know everybody has something to say on social media and and blaming them for the weather when it really is just mother nature but they get you know the consumer gets frustrated and comes up with all these uh engineering answers because now all of a sudden they're all engineers or or weather related answers because they're weathermen all of a sudden on why it should have gone on but for the the safety of everybody obviously when you get to a certain point whether it's wind speed or lightning actually right in the area you do have to either pause or stop completely um, so i've never encountered that thank goodness uh, knock on wood there but i have encountered so many things that you know could have gone wrong, whether there's a drum kit that's not there, but we're on holidays and there's nowhere to rent a drum kit. So you have to scramble to find out who possibly is in a band that has the same drum kit uh, to, you know, um, the money systems going down where you can't even make purchases to buy your French fries or alcohol at the event because the whole system's gone down and you have to scramble to figure out how do we still fix this and be able to provide all these services to the customer and also we have this big problem going on. So things happen all the time, and those are fairly sizable, but you always work through it. Yeah, you don't want to mess with people's alcohol, you know. Right. <laughs> I was uh, recently, I was at a store, and their system was down, and the girl, the young girl behind the counter pulls up one of those credit card, you know, kind of <laughs> That's credit. right, right. And she had no, zero idea on how to use it or where the card went, and um uh, I actually had to do it for her, you know, being this show her. when I first started in retail, that was the only way credit cards got processed. <laughs> and you need those backups. The funny thing is, so this actually happened to one of our festivals where the, the money system went down. So technically the, the closed loop of the network was fine, but when you went to run your credit card, it couldn't get out to the actual internet um, and actually get processed through any bank. So it was an error with the the you know the local I guess service provider. It wasn't really our error or the venue's center error, but still everybody blames us for oh my goodness my credit cards aren't working this hour. And you know you get these messages on social media. Well, why don't these guys just go to cash then? And it sounds simple, but in an organizer standpoint, then you need change. You need a float for every single vendor out there. Right now, nobody has a, a Brinks truck or an armored car sitting there with you know, quarters and dimes and fives and ones sitting in the truck in case something happens and then you pull out all this change. If you don't have any of that change or, or just not enough, you can't just say, guys, we're going to cash. They bring a 20 for a $2 item and you're like, oh, I'm out of change right now. Now there's even more frustration. So it's funny how everyone has a very quick answer to what's going on, but they're not logistically possible, right? So, no, you know, they don't think, no, most people they don't think, they, yeah. yeah, they don't, they don't think about that. And, and it also shows, you know, how dependent we are on, you know, Hey, if the internet goes down, I mean, just everything falls apart. 
Mm. Yeah. And so you need some backup things. You need to get people on it very quickly. And, and the greatest thing about that particular issue was on social media, we built such a great community of fans. You know, the way we talked to them was great. We were like one of them. You know, we would, we would make little jabs and jokes and comments and, and people loved the way our voice, our brand voice was. So when this hit the fan, right, you still had some people complaining. But for the most part, you had so many people getting our backs. Right. Of course, guys, it's not them who did it. Why would they do it? You know what I mean? Like, of course, they're trying to work on it. Like you had so many people come to our rescue and say they're working on it. Let's you know what I mean? Let's be sure that we don't just attack them. They're not you know losing millions of dollars for fun. Obviously, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and because and we built a great, strong brand, a strong community uh, right from the very, very beginning, you know, a year back so that people kind of loved us. And when things happen. They still have your back. And that's super important for any product and any business out there. You know, things will always happen, you know, and credit card machines will stop working. The pizza may come out burnt, you know, whatever it is, right? You get a product and it's broken inside. But that customer service end or that pre-branding that you've done already is so important and it really, really helps. It's interesting that you that you mentioned that because I just released a podcast this morning where uh, I talk every year at this time of, of year, holiday time, I talk about, you know, the power that your social media can have on the promotions that you may or may not be running. You know, running a promotion or discounting your product is only as good as the amount of people that you can tell about that. And a lot of times clients will come to me and say, hey, I want to promote this. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to run this on my social, but they haven't done anything with their social all year. And so they're now in the in the throes of what could be a really good selling season, but their social uh, uh, bandwidth is not where it needs to be. And they don't get that in order for it to be there, you have to work with it all year long. You do. It's such a such a hustle now. You know, back in the day, you know, even with events, they just wrote a check to radio. They had the audience. It was the right audience. They made the commercial for me. I didn't even have to make the commercial. Here are my five points. And then here's my check. And really, that was, you know, generalizing, but the easy way to promote. And people came to the event or whatever we had for sale, you know, even even in retail, you just went to ad agencies, things like that. But now that you're working with social media, it is a, a big hustle. You can save a ton of money on the traditional uh, ways of, of, of promoting like radio, TV, print, if your audience isn't there, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but if your audience isn't. So for example, for music and events, my audience really isn't on radio anymore, not on television. They're not reading newspapers. So it's all social media. And that's true for many different businesses nowadays, or at least it's becoming a bigger piece of the pie. But I'm trading that easy. Here's my check. You do it for me for I need to be on it every day, all day, engaging with people and making sure I know my audience. So you're absolutely right. You know, if all of a sudden a product's going to drop, you got, you should have, you know, created a strategy, maybe six weeks out, maybe eight weeks out or whatever it is to get people excited about this launch, get excited about this new product. Or if it's an event of mine, you know, eight weeks, six weeks, like minimum. I love to get people excited, get into the emotion of not wanting to miss out. And then the pre-sales come, you know, all that kind of things. Same with music. So many musicians come to me. I'm dropping my track tomorrow. Can you help me promote it? Well, no, it's going to suck now. The music might be awesome. And like you said, the, the product could be awesome, but now nobody's going to hear it, see it, get excited about it. Even if we spent thousands of dollars on advertising and targeting, it's still just dropping it in their lap. I would rather build up on it and use their emotion, retargeting and, and just put a nice strategy together. So when it actually launches, whatever it is, tickets, a product on retail, music, whatever it is, 
it's got a good chance to to be successful. That is awesome, and I love that. And to expand on that, could you you know, big boxers are at at heart DIYers, right? They're wanting to try to do this themselves in in some way. And so, what advice? would you give them coming up on the new year? So if they're, you know, sitting here with their hands completely empty because they haven't worked with their social media and they're disappointed at the fact that they can't get the message out about their awesome discounts or their awesome holiday promotions, what would you advice would you give them about what they should start doing in the new year? I would definitely, obviously they probably get who their audience is now. So they know what the product's made for. They know who they are, but really dig a little bit deeper. And you may have even touched on this in other podcasts too, on, on, you know, what, what do they like? Like, how do you talk to them? You know, that kind of idea and, and use that to your advantage. And so not just dropping the sales, but perhaps build yourself a brand. So there's been other products I've worked with that, you know, it's just a product you know there's there's something what are we gonna talk about you know what I mean? there's nothing to say but they've created little business snippets on the side whether it's articles or, or videos things like that 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 made them as creators a smart brand so that other people could love them and love you know the people who created the product and then gravitate towards the actual product itself because if they're very similar between that and something else who are you going to choose Probably the cooler brand or the brand that you re- you resonate with mostly. You know, if your friend tells you to go and and buy that product over the other, you will listen to them. So you want to make sure you're befriending these people somehow. You know, not just because they're fans of yours, but you're actually engaging with people and, and you're putting out content that makes sense. So that's one thing I would definitely do. You know, another thing that that you want to do is try and go after influencers and work with them. You know, have them review the product or have them talk about the product. You know, that works quite a bit as well. I've seen a lot of spike in sales when influencers come to play same thing when i do events the promoters right that's something i used to be when i was 17 we'd get some of those people that have the friends and have a reach or know how to speak to people and get them to talk about it as well not just coming from us as corporate or us as the product but also other people and that influencer thing is very very powerful i would definitely work on that as well and these things sound overwhelming that major billion dollar companies do but it can be done with the mon pa one man show one woman show as well it can be done and you just start locally you start with the smaller influencer you put out easy content that's just maybe images or your quick two minute video don't overthink it you are an expert in what you're doing that's why you've created a product or that's why you have the service start sharing that people resonate with it they start to love it and they follow and then they buy and then of course what you want to do is you can expose that even further by using the ads you know you can do facebook ads instagram ads linkedin ads twitter all the ads by getting further out than maybe the 20 fans you have on facebook right i hear that as well this is all great louis but who's gonna watch my youtube video when i have zero fans you're right. Nobody. You got to chip away. But if we start putting a couple dollars here and there, eventually you're going to gain a fan, two fans, eight fans, a hundred fans, and it all becomes worthwhile in the end. Exactly. I am right with you. Now, if you had to choose, let's say you're limited in your resources and you had to choose two platforms, um, two social platforms, what would your preference be? I probably get this question every single podcast, and even Gosh, when I do, it. I thought I was being no. Right. And the same answer I give to you is, I would choose the platform. Well, this is the, the dumb answer. The same platform that everybody's on, and that's that's the biggest reason. I've seen so many articles on Facebook's number one, so you got to be on Facebook. And yeah, it, it's it's huge, of course. But I have clients that everybody's on LinkedIn. My clients aren't really on LinkedIn, especially the consumers. 
the kids are not on LinkedIn at all, right? Buying the music, going to the festivals. And even the festival owners and the, and the club owners, they have a LinkedIn account, but they're really not on it. And that's B2B. So when you make a generic comment like B2B is LinkedIn for sure, not necessarily. You really, again, you have to know who your customer is, right? It may not be that. They may not be there. If they are, beautiful. Then there's your number one platform, right? So it's hard to answer that that question, but it's a good question. I'm glad I get that every single podcast because I see so many articles that are like, best time of day is always 9 a.m. And here's my reasons. And sometimes that's true. It's not always true, right? I've seen nightclubs where people don't get up till late or they get up and they're groggy. They don't check social media. Like, I also see great time all day long because people are checking it and it's in the newsfeed all day day long, right? And no longer is there a spike time. Sometimes that happens and it's up to us to look at our Facebook page analytics or Instagram analytics and we need to answer that question ourselves. It could be different for many people, right? So it's a it's a great question. And so not to make fun that you asked it again. I, again, I love that you asked it. And it's good that it's asked because I think the answer is you tell me which the best platform is, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can see that. Um, and I think that you're right. Everybody has, you know, the million dollar answer to what they think is the right platform. You know, if you ask my daughter's friends they'll tell you that facebook is you know so 15 minutes ago and you know they're all on snapchat and um and instagram uh, and so I, I think probably what you're saying is understanding who you're actually trying to reach and then figure out what platform those people are on is, is probably the safest answer it is and that that's a huge answer because i've even seen nightclubs even recently and i don't do a lot of nightclubs anymore i'm very busy with festivals and record labels and that's very fun for me but nightclubs, you know, is a different beast, the owners and whatnot. And I still go to them and they're romancing about how radio used to be great, which doesn't what they say it doesn't work anymore, but they still loved how easy it was. And so Facebook's the big deal to them. And then they'll boost it for a thousand dollars and they're getting this, but the results aren't there. And I'm saying, you know, let's say in Canada, 19 year olds are of drinking age. And I say, do you understand that they're not really on Facebook? Well, I thought Facebook was huge. Like it is, and they are on it, but they're really on Snapchat and they're really on Instagram. You should be spending your money there and not a thousand dollars a post. First of all, that's nuts. But you know what I mean? Like they're they're not catching up fast enough. And so yeah, the 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 million dollar answer is really getting where that audience is and knowing that it changes. Facebook was number one in, you know, a year ago, and I would say now it's still one maybe tied with Instagram, maybe a little bit below Instagram, depending on the age. You know what I mean? And like you mentioned, Snapchat, you really have to figure out where your audience is and pay attention to them. They will change. Yeah, constant, constantly. Let me ask you this. And it, I don't know if this is even a question that can be answered, but it's something that I even run up against uh, with my own social. And, and I know my clients uh, and listeners have this question too, which is, what do you think gets people excited on social like like for instance you know what should you be posting let me let me kind of frame it for you in, in a way i butted heads when i had a client uh a while back on social because we offered social to my client and then he went out and, and on top of that hired himself a social consultant and you know, we were looking for content. We were creating content and driving people back to his website. And his social consultant, all she wanted to do was um, have images of him and his wife uh, having dinner. And he was a high-profile dentist out in Beverly Hills. And, you know, she wanted to show him as a normal guy. 
and thought that that would drive people in, you know, and we wanted to drive his content and all the different things that he was doing. Um, what do you think people really get engaged with? Uh, again, it's, it's, it's one of those answers that depends on the audience, but I think you're right that he, as a dentist wants, obviously, if just off the top of my head, his branding needs to be, I trust him. He's not going to just say, oh yeah, you have two cavities here. Do you know what I mean? There has to be some trust. It's almost like the mechanic, right? Not to compare the two as the same job, but a similar trust has to be there. The expertise has to be there. So the content is going to probably be the driver of people taking notice of him, you know, him out for dinners and things like that is, is a tiny sliver of the brand. But it's like saying I have a great logo as well or the colors of my website. It's just it's just a small sliver of that. I believe building authority is probably his better bet. Uh, so you were right to kind of go down that that lane. And, you know, within that content, you know, the way that you you write it or the way he would, quote unquote, be speaking back to them if you read it in his voice idea, I think is going to help with him being that brand, whether the local celebrity status and things like that. That's going to help. He may have stories. I was at dinner with my wife. I ran into somebody that, you know, is of some significance, the mayor, like who knows what what his actual brand was. There's ways that you can weave that in. And, and people want to be entertained, I think. By far the utmost, that's the biggest answer. Information, very close second. Of course, infotainment, right, is going to be big. But I think people are really getting tired of the ads and just the in-your-face social proof. I love social proof. Don't get me wrong. And then put it in the right context. So for me, when I'm on stage or, you know, with 30,000 people in front of me, that's a great Instagram shot, right? Nice and polished and filtered. Or... You know, uh, saying hi to a celebrity or holding up a, a major award that somebody's won. I'm like, wow, look, I, look how heavy these are. I get to hold this too because I'm, I'm part of it. You know, that's great social proof and that's great for Instagram. And then in Facebook and in my blogs and doing podcasts like this, it's a little more meat to it, right? There's some information. People can listen to the podcasts like this or read my articles and get some information on why I'm an authority and why I do what I do very well. You know, it's a different context. And maybe if I use Instagram stories or Snapchat, Maybe it's the gears behind uh, what I posted on Instagram, right? The little behind the scenes, very raw footage of that final photo. So all three of them are going to be very different, but all of them has to entertain, not just brag, right? It has to entertain and also give some good information, especially if you're building some credibility and some authority, then you really have to weave that in. So staying on the topic of entertaining, and I wrote that down, people want to be entertained on social and, and uh, I love that. What are the different ways that you can entertain people? And yeah, still, I mean, and still get your point across, or still you remain business. You know, business. There's that fine line where all of a sudden you're just putting goofy memes up there all the time, and you're not really doing any business. Yeah, it doesn't have to be funny all the time. A lot of a lot of us think, and even sometimes I get stuck in that, where the entertainment has to always be funny. Like you have to be the funny guy, you know, or the funny girl, and and it's not necessarily true. I think we see do-it-yourself, you know, flip this house style shows, and yeah, there's a little bit of drama in there and a little bit of funniness in there too. But it's technically just watching people build stuff, and it's interesting. It's entertaining. You're sort of learning at the same time, but it's a reality show. And you get into the raunchy areas, the Jersey Shores and the Housewives of whatevers, and you know, your business may not. Fit into those, but you have to really find out what resonates well with the audience, right? So as an example, for a musician, I want them not to just pretend they're, they're thugs if it's hip-hop and be generic or, or always show them in their home studio when they're building EDM tracks. Like, that's the same old, same old. Anybody can do that. But maybe people want to know your actual personality and how does that come through, you know? Um, when somebody can see that behind the scenes or that polished finished product, they're going to resonate with it if it's entertaining enough that they have that aha moment. And there's a piece of the world that does not care. 
So you don't have to please everybody. You just have to find the right audience that it, that that fits. There's an audience for everything. So if it's a product on the shelf, you know, different uses of it. Maybe other people are sending you pictures of them using the product. Like I mentioned, influencers will do reviews. You know, all that stuff. There might be different ways to do things. Or you come up with videos that talks about generic business because you're a business guy. And then you have a product that fits, like a planner or a calendar. The dentist might just have great ways, of, you know, foods that are great for your teeth. Things that might naturally whiten, uh, the better way to floss, you know, but he's not selling all that. He wants to sell you when you have cavities, but you're, you're being entertained by these aha moments he's giving out. So, you know, I was in television, so I think that way too. You know, what is actually going to be watchable? You know, what, what do people want to actually see and watch, whether it's just an image or an actual video or a podcast? And everybody's all about that. They're all about documenting. They're all about sharing that content or really paying attention to it. If they're not, you haven't captivated them yet. And you're not making a strong enough piece of material. I, it is so interesting. And I think you framed it really, really well. Hey, big boxers. Just a quick announcement from TLB Consulting. Are you looking to scale your business this year? Are you looking to get your products on the shelf of a retailer this year? Well, guess what? Booking a coaching call with me has never been easier. I know based on the past 10 years of working with clients that it can be difficult to be a solopreneur. It can be difficult to scale your business into territory that you've never been to. That's why I have opened up more slots this year than I've ever done before. One of my goals this year is to work with more clients, more solopreneurs, more big boxers looking to get their products into retail than ever before. I want to work directly with you and share my experiences over the last 25 years of getting products into retail. I want to share those experiences with you. I want to talk to you from a place of somebody who's been there and I want to help you get to where I've gone. Like I said, it's never been easier. All you have to do is go to tlbconsulting.com, click on consulting, and then choose the time or the bundle that you want and get it scheduled. Let's kick off 2020 with a bang. Let's get you the information that you need. I'm looking forward to meeting you. The people I run into, and even myself, I think it paralyzed when they sit down, you know, I'm really going to rock my social this week. And they sit down to the computer and they're super pumped up. And then they're like, all right, so what am I going to talk about? What am I going to show people? And, and then I think they get paralyzed right there. You know, what do I do? Uh, what do people want to see from me? Uh, and, and then they end up doing nothing. Because yeah. And they, just, they can't decide. They can't decide. That happens 99% of the time because... I would say like an 18-year-old or a 16-year-old is not going to have that problem because that's their life right from the beginning. You know, you're in your 30s and 40s and up, you're, but you could be bridge the gap between the a little bit older generation or the millennial, and you're sort of a half. You're like a millennial feel, you know, feeling 30-year-old or 40-year-old. Um, but we get a little bit paralyzed because of what do I say? Like, do people really care what I'm doing? You know, and then you start posting stuff at dinner, and here's my whatever pizza, and <laughs> and people may not care at all, but you. Just just think, well, that's what the kids are posting. I'll post it. It's tough because you have to really be creative. And that's where some of the cream of the crop starts to float, right, uh, to the top of 
the people who really get it, who can really build content that resonates, who gets the audience right on the money. It's like, this is stuff I'm putting out and people love it. And some people don't, and that's cool too. But the people who are my fans, I want to be my fans. They love it. And you really understand them. Again, it comes back to my television days on producing stuff that people would watch, right? What are they going to watch and how can I sell ads and things like that? Same with music. There's a lot of great music out there. And some of it just is the person's just not resonating with any, anybody or they're not marketing at all. So that music just goes nowhere. They're a local bedroom DJ or, or whatever they are, garage producer. It never goes anywhere. It's so unfortunate because they haven't picked up that how to connect with the audience. And, and I think for me, I study user behaviors, especially because I need to make sure that the Generation Z and millennials are paying attention to what I put out with my clients so they can buy tickets and music. That's really important to know them. So I can see how their behaviors are and how we may miss the mark a lot. I had a, um, a panel a month ago in Las Vegas and talked about nightclubs and had a couple experts there and people asked in the audience, you know, what the hell do millennials want nowadays? Like they're just not liking nightclubs. And everybody made jokes. Oh, their social media wrecked them. They just want to text all day long. <laughs> they're their head, head down. They're, they're recording the concert instead of enjoying the music. And we all, you know, they all had a chuckle and laugh. And yeah, that's true. And then I grabbed the mic and I said, that's true, but that is the shallow answer. The real answer to that, in my opinion, is they're documenting everything. If there's something that's documentable, then they will put it on social media. That means you've given them something they love. Now, you may not like that answer, but it's the truth. You think they're missing the concert because you used to enjoy the concert and watch it. They're on their phones recording it. They're enjoying it still in their own heads, their own way, but they're documenting it. They're showing their friends. I mean, think about it. That little screen, that sucks compared to the real concert, but they have no problems documenting that. When they're in the nightclub and they're looking down and they're texting their friends, they're either telling you it sucks or it doesn't suck, right? And they, they're, they're, they're taking pictures and selfies and doing the shots and, oh, my goodness, the DJ did this and it's my birthday. Take a picture. Everything's documentation. That's how they're being wired now. So when we make fun, we're not really understanding still. But if you do understand, now you can pro- you know, provide them an atmosphere that they want to be. A part of, you know, I say I don't use VHS tapes anymore. Yet, what's different in the nightclub today than it was 20 years ago? You may have renovated, but it's still walk-in, doorman, bars there. There's the DJ or there's the band stage. What's different? It's like 20-year-old concept or, or further. So, who says a 19-year-old right now or 20-year-old right now that is completely wants something new is going to like VHS tapes? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, we got to think way outside that box, and it's hard to do. It is hard to do, and I wrote down that they document everything because you just had. I just had this little aha moment because I, you know, I was at dinner the other night. My daughter's fourteen, by the way. She's a competitive ice skater. My listeners all know this. You know, she skates like thirty hours a week. So her what she does is is limited a lot to the to the ice rink, and uh, but occasionally, you know, we'll be out, and she, you know, her dinner arrives, and it looks unusually cool. And man, she'll just whip out her phone, and some of the stuff she documents is not for. Uh, public consumption you know it's not to put on instagram or facebook Uh, well she doesn't do facebook but snapchat or whatever some stuff she just documents for herself because she wants to relive it or look at it again at some point and sometimes i catch her flipping through her own photos just remembering you know oh you know and and that's how they that's you're right that's just how they're interacting these days and i think of it so opposite i'm like geez if i would have had a camera phone with me uh, in college that would have been a disaster. <laughs> and uh, that's how they're wired nowadays. So people worry about privacy. They do not worry about privacy, right? And everything happens a little incrementally. So, you know, even the iPhones and the Androids have the little fingerprints. People say, I'm not giving a fingerprint anywhere. 
Uh, now half the people do. You know, so incrementally things are slowly creeping up on us. And as we play in social media and we see what you know uh, the younger generation is doing, we slowly play around with it. We find out what we like and don't like. But they're all in most of the time. You're right. And they're not just documenting for everybody. Sometimes they're documenting for themselves. But the case is they want to experience it again and again and relive it somehow or share that experience. And that is huge. You know, again, the nightclubs that do the exact same thing, they're there better be an experience in there, not just a packed club in the lineup, because actually that's the opposite experience of what they want nowadays. They don't want this lineup and you know what I mean? Oh, it's, I can't even I lose my friend when I go to the bathroom, can't even get a drink because it's so packed here. Yet the promoter's patting himself on the back as if he's done a great job. Yeah, you've brought a lot of people. Those people are not going to like it here. And eventually it's going to go away and you're going to wonder what happened, right? So that happens everywhere and, and in every business. Well, you can tell that I'm super interested in, in this particular topic. What do you think makes things – and I, look, I'm going to already pre-answer my own question from you because you're going to say it depends. Or, <laughs> uh, But what do you think makes things uh, – and I'm looking at my own notes here – documentable? I would say – uh, you know, again, you had a, an aha moment when I mentioned documenting, right? So something that I know could be fresh and new and bring, you know, spark some inspiration in your head, I think is documentable. So you might go share that same message now uh, on a blog post or create a, you know, an Instagram post or just talk about it now saying that was something that I think made sense, right? It sparks some inspiration. So to me, something that's documentable has to get your brain on fire somehow. So if you're at a concert and you like the concert, you're, you got to share it. And it, it may not be because the you may have seen this DJ 40 times, but all of a sudden you're now at front row. And now that's documentable. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There has to be something that sparks a I, I need to relive this and I need to tell my friends that I, you know, here's my 15 seconds of fame again and again and again, right? But but to me, that's what becomes documentable. So things that get shared, you know, you, you know, the viral video of, of the baby biting the other brother, right, is is shareable. Johnny bit me. He yeah. bit me, right? As opposed to this well-produced something that's going to be viral because we produced it this way. Not necessarily. That was a cell phone, garbage quality. It was hilarious. And it went viral because we laughed. We want to share it. I mean, I've seen people bite each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? My kids have, have you know, bit each other and jumped on each other. And, and it, it, you know, I didn't laugh as hard. For some reason, there was something to it. And sometimes it's a little bit of luck as well, right? But it was, all in that, it was all in that kid's face when yeah. he gets the initial bite and it's not so bad. And then he, tries it again. <laughs> he just continues to bite. And he's like, whoa, whoa yeah, this is <laughs> way, way worse. All right, let me ask, let me ask you this. And in big boxers, I think that this is going to be a huge takeaway uh if i can phrase it right and louis hopefully you'll help me with this but if you have a product and you're selling it and you have your own social platform that you're trying to help drive the sales of this product you're gonna need that kind of aha moment in your social with people using or liking or funny things that might happen with your product to make it documentable am i understanding that right louis yeah, exactly. So like we mentioned, that answer is knowing your audience. I mean, it's always going to come up. But the, the truth of the matter is, let's say it's a, oh, I don't know, uh, a printer. <laughs> you know, there's a printer well, actually have a really, I actually have a really good yep. one, and I'll give it to you. Cool. And you, can, you can come in. And I have a client that sells a product called Glove Sticks. And it actually, when you pull it out of the box, it looks like nunchucks. But they're designed to stick into hockey gloves or boxing gloves or lacrosse gloves or even ice skates or hockey skates. And they absorb odor and, and, and dry out the, the product. Um, they really get the stink out. And so, you mm-hmm. know, that should be a pretty easy one to make something documentable. 
Yeah, I mean, and, and even that right there. So the top of my head, I mean, you can come up with so many different scenarios now that could be in uh, a more serious version of infographic and all the germs that might be in there. And you could pass it back to your own hand the next time. And this, you know, gets the stink out. It might even help with that. There could be something funny where the, you know, the, the parents sniff it. And of course, we want to be a little bit more creative on how that's actually done. But, you know, and the sticks actually help, you know, the sticks could be used in weird other areas. You know, you, you tape it on the toilet seat, you know what I mean? And it, it gets some <laughs> some funny reaction you know you, you pop it in your shoes and you accidentally you know put it on maybe, maybe the husband's shoes smell and he keeps putting his foot in and steps in it and goes ouch because the sticks are there all the time there's a million things you can create using the sticks and now starts getting it'll resonate with different audience slivers and perhaps some of those will start sharing it and the real use of the product the meant use of the product is for the gloves for example or the skates type of idea which is your your initial sort of bland commercial but all these other ways could go out there and again this is just a the top of my head there's perhaps a lot of different ways you can just keep showcasing and featuring this thing right yeah no i think that uh man just putting them on the toilet seat just gave me a <laughs> chuckle that's something i would definitely share but i guess the whole concept of understanding and even having the conversation with yourself about is what i'm putting out on social media documentable and shareable mm-hmm. and if the answer is that you wouldn't document it and you wouldn't share it then you probably need to, you know, rethink what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of strategies where people will, they have a decent fan base, could be a thousand people, 10,000 people, whatever it is, let's say on Facebook, and they'll put their content there first and look at the organics. And the organics still are garbage, but it might get 800 people or 3,000 people or whatever it is, and they can see which posts are doing better. Then that's where they spend the money. So there's something to be said for testing as well. Sometimes I think it's documentable and I put it on there, let's say the toilet seat thing, and it just bombs. Right. The audience doesn't think it's funny, and that's okay. There's no problem with failing, right? But there's, there's, there's ways that you need to think, let's get a, a bunch of these pieces of content. We don't have to spend a lot of money doing it yet, but see which ones really resonate, and then we're going to add gas to that fire. So testing is huge. You know, Testing's huge. And, if, and exactly, if you don't think it's documentable for yourself – Maybe ask a couple people first. Maybe test it if you think, eh, I may not share it, but it's still a good idea. Let's put it out anyways. What's the worst that will happen? It just doesn't get shared as much. But as long as it's strong content, that's going to be helpful. Now, if you see some legs, it becomes documentable, and you've done the best you can. Now maybe put some ad dollars to it as well. But, yeah, just putting out the boring product shot or another long sales, Black Friday's coming up, that kind of idea – if you haven't done anything else, then and that's the only thing you say all the time is sales, sales, sales. You start to be the magazine with only the ads in it, no articles, right? <laughs> and who's going to buy that? Who's right. going to buy that magazine with just advertising in it? That's that's what your page looks like. Or those nightclubs that I never take on where ladies' night, Friday's night, the same flyer is posted every day, all day long. And <laughs> when you scroll through, there's like 7,000 of the same posts. And they ask me why nobody's coming out to ladies' night and why Facebook sucks so bad. And I'm thinking – Man, you just don't get it. That's all. I don't blame you for that. But let me try and show you what to really do. And then they they can either take that or leave that, right? Yeah. One of the cool things about our my clients and our listeners is that most of the products that they have or that they're promoting all came out of their head. You know, they had an issue like the lady, you know, like Krista who created glove sticks. Um, You know, her, her son is a lacrosse player. And, you know, of course, you know, his gloves, they smell so bad. I mean, when my daughter takes her skates out in the car, it'll clear the car. It's bad. And uh, so she really is her own demographic. Therefore, she really can say, 
do I think this is shareable or, or documentable? And she could really be speaking in, in, in essence to her own audience because she, it was the quintessential, um, customer, you know, she just couldn't find what she needed. So she created her own thing. And, yeah. and I think that that's a thread that runs through most of who listens to this podcast and, and our, our clients. So big boxers, you can kind of be, um, your own, you know, testing ground. Um, but I think it's crucial and uh, uh, Louie has some great examples in there. You know, the nightclub with the same ad. I mean, it's crucial to take a hard look at your social and say, hey, am I just posting the same old thing? And is it documentable? And probably not. So um, I think that the information, Louie, you've been giving out right here is just really, really relevant to what a lot of um, our clients and listeners struggle with and why they end up, you know, sitting in front of the laptop all pumped up. And then 20 minutes later, the laptop closed and they haven't done anything. Yeah, it's hard to be creative. I get that part. And But you're right that, you know, her, for example, is her own audience. And and to me, I sit down with someone like that and say, beautiful, because that means you will easily get it. You may not think right now it looks daunting, but you're right. And like, like she'll get it because she knows her audience. And if she thinks this is kind of wacky to say, but as a mom or whatever, like I would say that and my friends would laugh or it makes sense if I say that and it would, it would spark some interest on whatever it is, you know, making the, the air fresh or some safety and germs, things like that. And she knows already. She kind of gets it. That's why she created a product that that already works, right? And that already works and solves the problem that she has. And a lot of people who are inventors and, and even musicians, I, I tell them, like, don't just make up a persona. You you have this passion. That's why you follow this style of music. Like being you is probably the best thing to do, right? Right. You, you may you may cut out things. Maybe you don't talk politics because it has nothing to do with the music style or or her products, for example. And whether you have an opinion one way or the other, it, same with me. It doesn't go on social media because it means nothing. Some people do. You know, sometimes sometimes it does mean something to do that or or share things that that are advocacy and things like that. And for some other people, they still might be passionate about it, but it doesn't make sense to their brand. These are the things you just have to figure out in your brand voice, so to speak. And then it becomes a little bit easier to know what to post or at least test it. Yeah, I think that uh, I think you, that you're absolutely right about that. And I'm so glad that our discussion kind of went in this direction. Um, we're, we're coming up on our on our time limit. But I do want to know, because I kind of forced us to continue to go down this road. Is there anything that we haven't t- touched on that you think that we should touch on? Probably a ton. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking the same thing. We do like 12 that, shows. You know, we probably but I, yeah, I was going to say being consistent is really big. I see a lot of people sort of get excited. You know, it's like when you go see Tony Robbins and you're all rah-rah that day and like three days later and it sort of dies out. I think the, the same idea where, you know, somebody might listen to this and say, oh, cool, you're right, and put it a post and it got a couple shares. Okay, great. Another one. and then But then you look at the bank account. Did it equal sales yet? we got to think of the ROI on social media as a long-term branding goal as well, not just let's make a post, do an ad, and it's going to result in ads. That does happen too, but it's one, maybe half. There's there's the direct sales part and then the ROI branding part. So you don't give up on the ROI part or like the branding part. Like keep keep posting. You're going to build fan base. It's going to get there slowly, and soon you'll have a 1,000 buyers spending 100 bucks a year and then 2,000 buyers and then 100,000 buyers or whatever it is or more box stores calling you to put their pro- your product in on their shelves. You just have to keep going. I know when I first wanted to do speaking, this is a couple of years ago, and I'm thinking, okay, this is my next level. Let's do some speaking gigs around. I needed to create a path. Okay, what do I do? Well, I guess I should have a book. Nobody in the nightclub industry wrote a book except for maybe John Taffer who's on TV, and maybe that's about it. So I would be one of the very few that wrote a book on it, which looks cool in my industry because nobody does. 
great. Let me do that and self-publish it. Maybe put some more videos out there. Maybe I'll just make some phone calls and schmooze with the right people. And eventually my first speaking gig and then two. And then now I have like several in a year and it's, it's starting to grow. But I needed to have that goal. And how was, how was I going to build a path there? I got to build my own on my own door and knock that over sometimes. They're not, the doors don't open for me all the time, right? right. So that consistency is going to be huge. Now when I look at now and I think, man, that was like a couple of years ago where I started this particular goal. That, that just didn't happen overnight, right? It took years to get here, but it was a fun path, and I had to be consistent. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And Big Boxer is kind of summing that up. You know, We talked about it in the podcast that just actually aired today, which is you know, a promotional calendar. You know, What is it you're going to do this year that's maybe different than you did last year? Uh, if you're not satisfied with where your social stands this year, um, you, know, you need to put a plan in place. And, and like Lou was saying, it doesn't, it's not all going to happen right away. It's not all going to happen at the same time. You're not going to do a couple of posts and you're wake up in the morning. You're going to have 10,000 followers that are going to be super engaged. That's just not how social works. Now you can go out and buy those people, but that's not the same as having organic, really engaged people that are interested in what you do and how you do it. That's going to take some time, but it will be worth it, especially if you plan it out. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely it. And I, I think a lot of people, like you, we always, you know, either hear the stories, the biography, autobiography of the very famous, the U2s and whatnot, the never give up, especially in the entertainment industry. I think that's the same thing. It's, it's just them telling us, be consistent and have that, that message and that goal. You can pivot and tweak because sometimes you're testing and things need to be adjusted. I get that. I do that too. But celebrate the small wins so you're, you're happy as the small wins work. You got two shares today. Oh, my God, 50 people viewed my YouTube video. Those are small, great wins. And eventually you have episode 400 come out or whatever it is, and you have thousands of listeners, and you're thinking, man, my first video sucked, but that's where I started, and that's cool. You know what I mean? And I got to practice as slowly I got new fans or whatever posts come out, and you just have to continue to be consistent. I agree. And, you know, our listeners and, uh, and our clients and people who work in this industry are not deterred by no, believe me, because uh, if they were, we definitely wouldn't be doing what we're, what we're doing because we get told no all the time. And so we're not easily deterred people, right, big boxers? So um, understanding that uh, things take time and we've got to put in the investment and, and uh, you have to um, uh, remain consistent. But when Luis says consistent, he's also meaning, guys, that you can't post like once a week and expect things to happen. Once you build that following, once you build those people that are interested in what you're saying, you don't want to leave them hanging because it takes just a second. And, and Louis, I want you to weigh in on this, but it takes just a second of nothing, of like dead radio time for all of a sudden your, your followers to go somewhere else. People are distracted so, so quickly now. And you're right. So being consistent by posting daily, maybe a few times a day as things ramp out, whatever you know your audience is going to ingest and want to see absolutely needs to happen. And if you're on vacation, automate some things, right? I wouldn't automate everything and just to take it off your hands because I find a lot of dangers where people are automating tweets and Facebook posts and then people are commenting and then you lose business because you're not paying attention. So be careful there. But yeah, you have to continue to have that message go through. People get distracted so fast and they want more and they want more and all of a sudden you're, you're not there and they just get distracted and go somewhere else. Now you may lose them completely because they found a new product or it's hard to claw them back into the algorithm because you've stopped posting. And sometimes when I create ads, I mean, I have intricate layers of ads. You know, if we talk about nightclubs, perhaps I'll have a birthday post and that's a dark post on Facebook and Instagram only to people having a birthday this week. 
come celebrate this week. Bachelorette parties, another one. Um, ones that have images that probably look better to girls, girls night out, to guys, maybe the party atmosphere. I won't just do a post every day and advertise that. I'll have layers and layers of ads going on in behind the scenes. So it's hitting different audiences at the, you know, older crowds going to see pictures that have a little bit older people. Doesn't look like teeny bopper night. You know, 21 year olds are going to have ones that fit their demographic and, and it's the same club because it's a wider range of people, but I want them to see what I want them to see. And I'm controlling the message as much as I can. So even that has a different consistency to it. And that's when you get into the, you know, into the game a little bit more and you start saying, okay, cool. We're going to start even advertising. Now, how intricate could we get because all that data is out there and all the tools are there so use them to your advantage now louis are are you still primarily sticking into this in industry are you starting to branch out and help people that maybe have a product that want to um, take your knowledge of of branding and, and apply it to their product are you doing that as well or are you pretty much stable in, in the inter entertainment industry yeah, I'm, I'm very stable in the entertainment music industry and, you know, have plenty of, of, you know, ongoing clients and new clients, but I love working with other products just to, just to bridge what I do to other products. My wife has a couple of products. She has a, a business um, planner book and also a food festival. And those are completely not entertainment slash music at all. Help her with that. And of course that's my wife, but, um, as an example, but yeah, different products. If it's extremely interesting to me and exciting to work with, I, I love getting my hands into different things and it's cool to take the shark infested nightclub industry, let's say, or festivals where there's so much competition and then go to a product where there's competition. But in my mind thinking, yeah, but it's not like the the block that has 14 nightclubs. This is to me easier, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I could succeed in that industry too. It's really fun to do. Well, that's that's great. So, um, so big boxers, we're going to have all of of Louis's information on the show notes of, of the program. Um, so you don't have to, you know, if you're in the car, if you have your hands in some dough and you're making bread, or you're in the kitchen, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you don't have to write this stuff down. Um, we're not even actually going to give it to you. So you don't even have to feel like you're missing out. We're going to put it in the show notes where you can just click on it and, and read more about, uh, Louis and what he does. And, and, uh, if potentially, uh, what he does might be right for you, for your product. So we'll definitely have all that information there for you. Louis. Okay. So the question that I like to ask, and, and I ask it, it's a selfish reason why I do it because I struggle myself or have struggled, um, for a long time with, you know, finding the right balance of organization and, um, and, and how to keep things rolling. And, you know, we have a lot of different clients. They do a lot of different things. So we have a lot of balls in the air and it sounds like you do too. You're always, um, you know, festivals or nightclubs or whatever it is you're doing. What do you use? Maybe an app or a book or, or to, to keep it all straight and, and make sure you're not letting things slip through the cracks. I love, um, you know, if I automate a few things, I definitely use Buffer app. If I talk about that, I'm such a a a person that uses my my notes on my phone, makes quick notes, organizes that. So let's say each venue has their own folder on my Mac or on my phone, and I organize the notes that things that need to come out at certain times. So I'm not sure I use a specific software. I love a little bit of automation, and I love assistants that help maybe some of the not redundant things, but things that doesn't need my exact expertise some design work, you know, going over some data and sending me notes, you know, that kind of idea. So, I mean, I'm sort of unorthodox um, the way I do my business. I just kind of roll with, 
the creative side of my brain and 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 just carving out the time of day and taking breaks here and there and enjoying the family and and, and whatnot and that's kind of the life design I wanted to build so where I am now I kind of go with that but it does get very crazy absolutely special and I have several festivals going on at once plus nightclub clients plus you know music things going on and record labels and records that to drop and I just kind of you know when I was in school I wasn't a note taker then either so it sort of sticks in my head and nowadays I use my just my stock you know iPhone calendar slash notes it's kind of really uh, an unorthodox way maybe of doing things but it seems to work for me and you know there's always great apps and software out there to keep people organized and whatever works for you is probably uh you should explore and test yeah no listen you're not going to get in trouble man that's uh... no I, I it's weird because I, I i think about that every day like man i probably have like you know adhd and i'm like squirrel and <laughs> so i get as distracted as my consumer which is probably good because then i get the consumer right and i figure out how to keep them keep their keep their uh their minds on on my whatever brand i'm working on so but i always like trying to figure out what's the better way to organize myself excel do i use you know um, numbers on Mac. Like I always fiddle around with different things and yeah, I use a little bit of them all, but I, I can't really share a great system cause I don't have a great system, I guess. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have a system that works for you. It's that's really all me. that matters, but it's interesting yeah. to me. And that's why I asked that, uh, that question because I'm always, um, you know, I'm, I'm always on the quest for the system that's just going to just blow my mind and be, Oh my gosh, like how did I ever not, you know, live without yeah. this. And, I mean, I'm a big podcast listener. I listen to audiobooks like crazy. So all that stuff gets into my brain somehow, and it's probably doing something nice, right? And that's kind of where all my mentoring comes from, like learning from you know guys like you and other podcasts and and you know audiobooks and and just listening to everybody's story. And this is the reason why I love doing this this podcast and so many of them. I have nothing to sell. I have no new book coming out or click here and I'll give you something for like I just want to share information. It's great for me to to share and and give back to what I have listened to constantly from everybody else. So it's a lot of fun. But you know, those those things you I'm always learning. Always always learning and I think that's been helpful. Well, uh, believe me, you took me to school on this podcast and uh, like <laughs> I said, I think we could talk about 10 or 12 other topics down the road uh, if you're up for that. But I'm glad that we steered this one in the direction of documentable things and because I think it's really helpful to our listeners. And uh, it definitely has been helpful to me uh, in my, and my ability to help guide them uh, when they're struggling with that. So much appreciated. Thanks so much for your time. I've enjoyed getting to know you and uh, look forward to having you back on the podcast if you're open for that. Yeah, 100%. Anytime. I'd love to be back. And thank you for the great uh, and kind words. And, and again, I really appreciate everybody out there listening. And hopefully, uh, even one thing that may stick to your to their heads is, is going to be great. So thank everybody for that. Yeah, well, listen, my, my pleasure. Hope to speak to you again soon. Um, and uh, thanks again for being on the podcast. Great. Thank you, man. Louis Lavella has left the building big boxers. I don't know about you guys. But man, my head is exploding. Great stuff, right? Wouldn't you agree? Reach out and tell us uh, what you thought about the program today, what you thought about the information that Louis shared. I hope that you guys got as much out of it as I did. Some great nuggets of information in there that you're going to want to put into practice right away. So thankful that uh, Louis stopped by, spent some time with us. Again, thank you, Louis. Appreciate your time and uh, your insight, buddy. Guys, if you're liking the podcast, please reach out. Let us know. Tell us what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Plenty of ways 
to comment, you can comment uh, on the blog or on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate all of your feedback. If you want to ask us a question, you can always reach us out or reach out to us on Twitter at, at TLB Consult or on Facebook at TLB Consulting. And, of course, you can reach us on our website at tlbconsulting.com. Be sure to check out the show notes uh, on the web, not the website, but the podcast blog. And uh, you'll be able to find all of Louie's contact information and his social media sites there. And uh, until next time, guys, we look forward to seeing your products on the shelf.